Hey, 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 Brandon Beliso here. You're living your best life. It's Friday, April 15th, 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, right here on the West Coast. This is Success Never Sleeps, where we as a collective of small business owners, martial arts school owners, we're just trying to figure out this thing called life to create a life that's prosperous emotionally, spiritually, mentally, physically, and of course, financially. If I don't own a profitable business, I can't take care of myself, my family, my team, give back to the community that I serve. So I'm very passionate about helping the small school owner achieve a simple goal. Remember back in the days when they talked about a chicken in every pot? you know, and, and a car in every driveway. I feel like that advocate. I believe every martial arts school owner should be able to own a home, retire comfortably, go on vacation when they want, put their kids through college, have that freedom of truly owning a business that works for you versus you working for it. But with that said, I understand as a small business owner, I've owned several businesses over a 35-year period. I cut my teeth working in my grandma's restaurants as a young boy that being a small business owner is extremely challenging. And to do it well, I need to be well-versed. Well-versed. I need to understand social media. I need to understand curriculum design. I need to understand how to develop a staff. I need to understand how to cultivate a brand and build a tribe. All of those things. Because if I do not know enough about everything, I can't stand toe-to-toe -to -toe with a social media person and know if they're full of it or not. I can't sit and make a strategic decision with my accountant or my lawyer or my bookkeeper unless I have a certain amount of financial skills. You feel me? So I'm a huge advocate of empowering the small business owner, the small school owner to get them to where they need to be. Cool, cool, cool. So let's begin by thanking my sponsors because without my sponsors, there'd be no show. All right. So first of all, my studio, to everybody out there, you know, great CRM systems are always updating, updating, updating. My studio does it all the time. They put huge amount of money. Last time two and I talked, it was over $2 million into this product to develop a CRM system that truly drives our schools. We do not have front desk people anymore. We're ripping out our front desk. We're remodeling. It's going to be kiosk space. You walk in, you take a flyer, you sign up for a trial through a QR code. It all goes into my studio, push notifications, communication. Everything happens through this app. You update your credit card. We take attendance there. It does everything. Literally, it does everything. And we're in that point where I want to believe you should be leveraging technology to automate as much as you can so that you can truly serve on the mat. Right? And if it's a question that a parent has, and we had this huge discussion, what if a parent has a need? Well, I'm teaching class. I'm in between classes. I can't serve you well. It's better that you schedule an appointment through the app or set it up where we can talk on the off hours and really, really, really have my undivided attention so that we can serve you better. So moving into the sense of automation is quite standard. How many airports do you walk into now where there's nobody there anymore? right? At the ticket counter, you walk in, you self-check in, you put your luggage there and the day's done. So we're moving in that direction. It's very acceptable. People are conditioned to understand that, but now we have no excuse to not spend time and money into our curriculum, developing our team and those different avenues. You feel me? Also, we have kids love life skills. I believe the best in character development for children. You know, we had this discussion with one of my clients in Wisdom yesterday. Nobody's going to go to a soccer coach and ask that soccer coach specifically to teach that child focus and discipline. They will walk into your school and they will demand it. So, kids love life skills. We're going on a decade now. It's, it's, 
It's part of my life's work. It continues to evolve and grow into new products. We have empathy as one of our new badges. We have service as one of our new badges with support materials. Talk to Marco Mozzola. Talk to Letitia Crafts. Get signed up today. LC Accounting. You know, my sister's an amazing bookkeeper, as well as my sister, so I can toot my horn all day. She's a BJJ player, as well as a Kenpo stylist. And she understands us, she gets what we need, and she'll kick your butt into shape. I can't tell you how many school owners I work with that do not even have their books together, they're not paying their taxes, they're doing things through an Excel spreadsheet, and the band played on that alone needs to change in any small business. So get with Letitia and she'll get all your ducks in a row. Mark and Muscle, Stephen Reinstein and the gang, we're running a version three website. of uh, Stephen, version three. That alone says everything right there. If someone's not updating their website, we've seen that in the past, they become obsolete very quickly. Technology changes in real time. It's not even three months now. It's not even six months. It's real time. Real time this thing's going on. So you want to be mindful that we take care of that. Cool? And constantly innovate, 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 innovate. So what do I got coming up, man? We have It's Time Live Believe August 13th through 16th right here, right here in Millbury, California, five minutes from the airport. It's a four-day retreat. We booked the four days first, 20 people, four days, very intensive. We have a lot of good food. We go on meditative walks. It's a lot of outside journaling, mind mapping, staff building. I mean, the, everything you need to be successful as a small business owner. One of those components for me is finances. Sam On is one of my financial friends, I'm going to say, and partners in, in helping me create wealth building. He's helped a lot of martial artists become millionaires. He can do that. He's proven it time and time again, and I know for a fact he is one of the highest net worths for a martial arts school owner industry. I think what's most attractive about Sam is he's proven that you can be a single school owner and be a millionaire. That's the goal because a lot of people don't want multiple schools. A lot of people don't. That is one way to cultivate wealth and you know to grow your brand, but a lot of people are happy with one school and should be able to take what they make and invest it wisely to create the type of financial freedom that... I strive for and I believe we all deserve, but you got to work towards that, right? All right. So with that said, scan, scan this, get signed up. There's only 11 spots left for the four-day event. Then we'll open up the two and the one day. Get signed up. I encourage you to do so. I encourage you to do so. I encourage you to do so. Coo, coo, coo. All right. So what do we got going on today? What is today's show all about? Well, it's all about the anatomy of a technique. And we're into part two. You know, we, we got into it yet last week and it was super cool. So we're going to continue to head down that rabbit hole. I'm a huge advocate of curriculum design. I love working with different schools. I work with Kung Fu, Shotokan, BJJ, Kenpo, you know, so many different art. It's not what you teach, it's how and why. And I, I know everybody loves their art. I think the challenge is when I work with a schooler and they refuse refused to change their curriculum that was developed thousands and thousands of years ago that you know wasn't taught to children wasn't taught to scale or monetize none of it and to be an artist who suffers for your art is silly great artists should make great money i truly believe that and there's so many great martial artists out there that make zero money and they romanticize what they do and that's cool if that's your version of success you want to be a starving artist i just want to lay it on the table now and stop thinking that people who make a lot of money in the martial arts are crappy martial artists because that's simply not true. It's simply not true. We're running 940 students. I started in 1967 where we simply fought, rough and tumble, self-defense. I get all that. I get all that. 
But today's climate, I want to know this 13-year-old girl isn't going to wake up today and know that her only option because she's been bullied on the internet is to kill herself. That to me is the true self-defense. The kid dealing with post-traumatic stress syndrome from this pandemic, that is true self-defense nowadays. And that's what we're looking for. And that's what it's about. So this, this, this mindset that all martial arts teaches is to kick butt and defend yourself is silly. I know people who don't do martial arts that could stand toe to toe with a lot of people, good street fighters that would take down a lot of martial arts. So what's the point, right? It's deciding that this is my purpose here and my purpose here for you today is to help you understand how to teach techniques. Cool? So I got a couple of friends that are going to come aboard and join me. So you better be ready for that because I know I am. All right. So let's see who's here with me today. Let's bring Ricardo in. Let's start with Ricardo. And Ricardo's going to allow us the opportunity to work on a technique together, I hope. Ricardo, are you there? Let's, let's see if I can hear you. Ricardo, are you there? Can you hear me? Let me stop pulling up here. I can't hear you, sir. Can you hear me? No, I there you are. Can you hear me? Yep, I can hear you. And, and and nobody's getting a double a double on this, anybody? Put it in the comments, Marco. Great. I can hear you clearly, sir. Wonderful, 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 wonderful. Excellent. And Marco, go ahead and put that link in there. If anybody has a technique they want to bring out and share with me, you're more than welcome to do that. Okay, Ricardo, how's everything going out there? It's going great. Yeah, things are great. Yeah, I haven't yes, physically sir. seen you since last November, huh? At its time, I've changed. Yeah, I miss you too, sir. You're looking good. You're looking strong. Thank you. So, so how's the school growing? It's it's going well. It's going well. Working on managing different hats. Uh, definitely, I have a few new staff members training them how to teach classes better than I teach them, and we're moving forward. Good, good, good. So share with me the technique. What is the technique that you have challenges teaching? So um, I have this because I don't have a partner now. That's okay. But see, this is the hand and this is the arm. And is the S-lock. The S-lock ends up with the, you know, bending the opponent's wrist, this position, and the elbow up, and the wrist going this, this way. Oh. Okay, so, so how do you teach it? What age group are we teaching this to? This is teenagers and adults. Teenage and adult. Okay, so great. Right. We don't do so, too many of this for little children. Okay, so teenagers and adult, and what's the challenge with teaching this? Um, the challenge is to is because it's, since it's a complex technique, you have a lot of things moving. You have to make sure that to manipulate the wrist this way and also this way, and, uh, and, and usually what, what they do is they let one or the other go, and the elbow goes down, and, and there's no pressure. Okay, so, so how do you teach it? Show me how you would teach, teach, me, teach me this technique. I'm a teenager. Teach me this technique. So what, what, the way we would do teaching the self-defense, I will say, okay, you hold my wrist this way, and... Uh, okay. And, you will cross, you know, the, the cross hand, hold the wrist this yeah. way, and draw a circle. Yep. And then brace the elbow, right? Right. And then Do you grab the elbow you know, this way? Are you grabbing the elbow this way? Or are you grabbing the elbow on top? So On top. So uh, as soon as we get to this part, yep. he, he lets go. I can slide my hand to the elbow. Right. Right here. Right. And, 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 and you're pushing the fingers that way, right? You're pushing the fingers that way. Yes, sir. 
Correct. Correct. So, so you're grabbing it like this. You turn it like this, and you push his fingers that way as you brace the elbow here. Correct? Yes, sir. Correct. Okay. So teach me. Teach me. How do you break that down before you ever make contact? So, you know, online, was, I, had, I had to stop teaching it. That's one, one thing. Mm -hmm. And uh, when we came back inside, so I, I will teach it that way. I will have them uh, partner up. The first part will be just holding and turning. That's it. Mm -hmm. Because I teach two techniques at the same time. I will teach with and just pressing the elbow. And then the S-lock will be the second technique, which starts the same way. But then we're moving the elbow. Right, but it's yeah. not an ulna press. No, sir. It's not a, because it's going this way straight in front. So the first right. thing you want to do is teach right. this, right. sir. You want to teach this. Right? Because that's what they have to do. They have to get in. Are you grabbing old school where you grab through the thumb or are you bringing it this way? Okay. So here's how I would teach it. First thing I would do is demo the technique with somebody so they can see the technique. That's always going to be the challenge with jujitsu or any kind of locking, you know, small circle jujitsu is they need to see the application right away. So we're going to learn this really cool technique today. It's called the S, S lock. Johnny, can you come up and let me, so it's from a grab, right? He's grabbing you? Yes, sir. Right. So he grabs you and boom, 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 you, you do that S-lock. Pow, right away. You do the S-lock. Who wants to learn that really cool technique? I do, I do, I do. Okay, everybody stand up. Raise your hand up like this. Say hypothetically, we call this a C-grab. Just let's make it up right now. This is a C-grab. What grab is this? C-grab. What grab is this? C-grab, right. And so we're going to take that and, and I want you to practice on yourself. Hold your hand out like this and grab it here. Right. Grab it. You feel that? So you've got to grab in between your thumb, in between their thumb and their pointer finger, and you're going to grab the hand this way. And there's your C-block, right? Make sure you're not up here on the fingers, right? You have to be below the knuckles, below the knuckles, knuckles right? Good. And so I want you to feel that feeling. Turn it. Oh, you feel that? Good. Now bring your pinky towards your face. Oh, you feel that pressure? Yeah, because I taught this online, sir. So you feel the pressure on your wrist? Everybody feel that? If you don't feel yes, it, if it doesn't hurt your wrist a little bit, come on, bring that pinky towards your face. Awesome. And that's what it's going to look like. So, everybody, one, raise your right hand, raise your right hand, raise your right hand. Bring it over and imagine the grab here. There's your C. Are you below the knuckles? Two, I want you to step back, pointing your thumb away from you, pointing your thumb away from you, pointing your thumb away from you. What do we do on two? Point your thumb Point away, your from you. away from you. Right. Okay. So again, start from a standing position. They grab you one, bring the right hand over the top, grabbing them in the C grab, we'll call it below the knuckles. Are you below the knuckles? Imagine two, step back and push your thumb away from you. Good. Now raise your left hand, raise your left hand, your right hand. Three, we're going to grab here and anchor that elbow because I don't want his elbow to move. Correct? And whether you do it on top or grab it this way is irrelevant, correct? You, you just don't want that elbow doing this, correct? Exactly. Right. Yeah, because once I anchor that elbow, I can push that hand this way, creating more pain. Creating more pain. So then, and then I would have them stand up and say, okay, everybody, one, two, I'd create space first, and then three, grab the elbow, four, just step forward and push your thumb down to the ground. Right. Left foot right when you step in, sir. I want to step left foot right, left foot right. Correct? Correct. Yeah. So again, Excellent. one, 
reach over and grab. What do we call this? A C grab. What do we call this? A C grab. Step two, step back with your right foot and push your thumb away. Step three, anchor the elbow. Four, let's apply more pressure by taking a small step forward and pushing the thumb even deeper to the ground. Is that the technique? Yes, sir. Yeah. That's it's really excellent. that simple. And then I'd say, okay, pair up with your partner, pair up with your partner, pair up with your partner. All right. So <clears throat> let's say hypothetically, I'm going to take two red dots. You're going to pair up with a partner this way, okay? I stand on my red dot, you stand on your red dot. We're going to start with a non-contact drill, a non-contact drill, because I don't want him to feel threatened. I don't want him to be freaked out or overwhelmed, right? Even with the teens, because the first thing they're going to do is what? Hurrah! And they're going to hurt each other, correct? That happens correct. all the time. So I'm going to say, stand on your red dot. This is a non-contact drill. What is this? A non-contact non drill. drill. Thank you very much. Sir, on your side, everybody facing this mirror, put your right hand up. Wonderful. Now I want you to take your right hand. Everybody on this side, you're going to put your right hand out like this as if you were grabbing. Put your right hand out like this as if you were grabbing. Wonderful, wonderful. Okay, everybody, imagine now one. You see that hand that's out that's grabbing you? There's your C. Look at their body. See where they are. Two, you're going to step back with your right foot, pushing your thumb away from you. Three, I'm going to grab the elbow. Four, I'm going to step off my red dot and increase the pressure on them. Now remember, the most important part here is the minute you feel that it's hurting you, you tap them on the leg. What are you gonna do? You're gonna tap them on the leg. So everybody practice tapping your own leg. All right, so if you feel your partner tap you on the leg, please stop applying pressure. What are we gonna do if they tap you on the leg? You're gonna stop applying, stop applying pressure. pressure. Thank you very much. Okay, so now we're gonna step forward off our red dot, reach out with your right hand and grab me. Wonderful. So everybody, one, reaching over, what do we call this? A C grab, what do we call this? A C grab. Now make sure you work with your partner, don't resist. Two, step back with your right foot and Bring your hand over so you're pointing your thumb at your partner. Three, grab him by the elbow. Now, very gently, don't do this too hard. Four, take a small step forward and apply even more pressure. Make sure the elbow doesn't move. Make sure you keep the elbow locked. Sound about right? Sounds about right. Yeah. So, I mean, that's really all it is. See, the first thing I do is when I look at locks, first thing is they're going to hurt each other because they don't know what they're doing. Two, the other guy is going to resist right away, right? I remember my instructor, we would do these type of stuff all the time. And, the, you know, the guy resists. So first thing he goes, well, then I'd punch you in the face instead of doing an S-lock. S and that's not productive. It's just not. So we're very mindful that you want to work together. You are a team. So the pre-framing takes a little longer, you know, Ricardo, but I, I believe they'll be more successful. Definitely. Right, much I more successful. Yeah. They are, but, but like I said, using mirror, positioning people, let them see the technique before they actually touch each other, move it in. And I mean, I could literally spend five minutes just going, one, staying with this, staying with this, and two, just getting this, getting this, right? I can do that all day. But you notice we started out by grabbing ourselves. Right. Yeah, that's so you could that feel, so you could feel that, oh, look at that. That's painful. All right, so I have to remember right? Testosterone-driven teenager. You know, oh, I have to remember not to do this fast. Because, you know, adults, especially men, they're like, Rawr! brute right away. So really, small circle jujitsu is actually called the gentle art because it's very painful, but it takes so little. It takes so little. You know, this is inches to go from here to here is a lot of pain, a lot of pain.
And a lot of people don't get that, especially if you're, you're the guy doing it the first time and you haven't felt the pain. So it's very easy for you to go like this and hurt your opponent. And then the rest of the class, he's resisting you the whole time. And then nobody gets anything out of that technique. Yeah, believe me, I, I was an uke many, many times. And I'm tapping my instructor's leg while he's talking to the whole class. I'm going, hey, and he's ignoring me, just applying more pain. It's like, <laughs> right? And so no student wants to do Right, right. You too, Ricardo, right? So it's about walking them up to that. We understand what the end result of the technique will be. It's how do we get them there, right, efficiently and quickly. So in quick review again, one, we showed them this. We already demoed the technique on someone. It's super cool. Looks like Spider-Man in the last movie. Who wants to learn that cool technique? I do. I do. Great. Wonderful. So first thing I want you to do is this is called a C-grab. We're going to put it on our own hand and hold it like this. Good. Okay. Now, what I want you to feel is the pressure. Just bring it this way a little bit. Then once they feel that pressure, then I can go one. I can go two, three, and four. Right? One, two, three anchor and four do you anchor before you put more pressure yes yes you would but i want to start because this is all going to be how many moves when we're done one move yeah so i don't care if i do it in 10 moves it doesn't matter because eventually it's all going to be one fluid motion right into it one fluid motion into it cool yes sir all right so what's the stance you talked about a stance Tell me about well, that stance, a, Ricardo. I have multiple things, sir. I don't know when you want me to stop. Just one, <laughs> just one other stance. Go ahead okay. and throw it in. So, so uh, well, for beginners, this is children and adults, just the front stance, you know. And I have some good pointers uh, from you last week teaching the horse stance. Uh -huh. So I want to see what other effective way to teach that front stance to have them keep that knee Okay. You know, bent and the back leg straight. Okay. Show me. So what Teach we me. do is... I'm we, seven years old. Teach me. So right from our ready position, our ready stance here, uh, uh, feet uh, straight, uh, parallel apart. We're just going to step two times. One and two. And then we're going to bend the forward leg. Why do you take two steps? Because we have another stance, which is a walking stance, which is just a, you know, a shorter version of it. Okay, so why not teach so, us two separate techniques? Because if I did the walking stance, I would step like this and walk, correct? The walking yes, stance. And what's the second stance, sir? The second stance is like, it's double the size. That's how I teach it. But we what's it called? What's uh, it called? Forward stance. What? Forward stance. Okay, forward stance. A kid doesn't know what double is. So really, I, I mean, this is not a bridge to this. It is not a bridge. They're two different stances, are they not? Yes, sir. Right. It's like me saying my horse stance or my front stance is the beginning of this stance. No, it's not. They're two different stances. They might work together in a kata or a pumse, but I think it'd be very confusing to a young child. I would just simply say, take a step forward and your leg is straight. This is called a walking stance. So when you step forward and your leg is straight, what stance is that? Walking stance. When you step forward and take a step and your leg is straight, 
What is that called? Walking stance. Awesome. Now we're going to take the same stance, but you're going to step like this and bend your knee. This is called a forward stance. Yeah, it, because if you go one, two, that's very confusing. One, two, I think that's confusing. I would I'm be. I'm an extra step. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. so, you know, we have the walking stance where your legs are straight, right? And then we have the forward stance where the knee is bent. And that's the whole highlight, front knee is bent, right? But remember, you're dealing with six and seven-year-olds. So what leg do you start with, the left or the right leg? Usually we start with the left leg. Okay, so touch your left leg, touch your left leg, touch your left leg. What leg is this? Left. What leg is this? Left. And I kid you not, grab onto that leg and hold onto the, your, your pant leg. Hold it. Okay, put it forward. Good. Now, you know how I know my knee is bent? Look down at your foot. Can you see your big toe? Can you see your foot? Oh, go. Bend your knee. Did your foot go away? Is your foot gone? Yes, sir. There you go. And so instead of saying, bend your knee, bend your knee, bend your knee, bend your knee, we say, can you see your foot? Oh, if you can see your foot, hide it. That's it. Remember, we're right. teaching a seven-year-old, a right. sixty. So that's what I'm saying. If you say, you know, bend your knee perpendicular to the ground, that's never going to happen. If I say, look at your foot, can you see your toes? Oh, if you can see your toes, hide it, hide it, hide it with your leg, and then it's, then it's a game and it's fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's about teaching efficiently. And quickly, right. and I know it may not sound beautiful, it's not, you know, ushi, goody, goody, whatever, some Korean term or Japanese term or some kung fu 5,000-year-old language. The bottom line is I need you to be in a front stance. That's all I care. And how do I get you there, seven-year-old, right? Well, that's not the way it was taught. Yeah, but so what, what's your point? The point is he's doing the forward stance. Are you happy he's doing the forward stance? So what if I say, look down at your foot if you can't see your foot? Cover it, cover it w w with your leg. And that's it. And it works all day long. Cool? Yes, sir. All cool. sir. Hey, man, I want to thank you. I'm grateful things are going well out there, you know, and um, hopefully I get to see you. Maybe you'll come Definitely. out to It's Time Live Believe. That's coming up. That's coming up in, in August. Think about that. No. All righty, yes, Ricardo. All right. Thank, thank you, you very sir. much, sir. Have a good day. You too. Awesome, right? So I'm a huge advocate um, of teaching fast and teaching efficiently, you know, and, and for me, that's always going to be a challenge, right, is how to take a simple technique, whether it's this or whether it's a front stance. First of all, I want to know who is my audience? How old are they, right? And is it skill level specific? I think that for me is really, really a big part of, of what we do. Um, I want to be mindful that if it's not skill level specific, maybe it shouldn't be there. Because I know growing up in the martial arts, there was no rhyme or reason. They would make a kata and that's just where it went. They would make the self-defense technique and that's where it went. So there wasn't a lot of reasoning behind it as far as a chronological order. A lot of it was just done haphazardly and randomly. I, we have a kata that used to sit in year one that now sits in year four because it's so complex, right? It's so complex. So I see a lot of people sitting there watching. Don't, don't sit up there and watch. Come join us. Does anybody want to hop on and share a technique they're working on? We put the Zoom link in there in the comments for you. If you want to come out and hang out with us, do feel free to do so. Cool, cool, cool.
Let's see where we're at. Good. All right. So let's talk about sparring, you know, while I'm waiting for more people to come aboard. You know, when we talk about sparring, the biggest challenges with sparring are always going to be, I'm afraid to get hit. I'm afraid to get hit. I'm afraid to get hit, right? Very, very standard. So the first thing we want to teach them to do is teach them their sparring stance. For us, the right foot's back, the hands up, grab one. So we spend a good amount of time on that. So let's take a fundamental technique, which was the cross punch, right? So if we're going to teach a cross punch to kids, the first thing we do is use the mirror. Why? The mirror is for form and technique. Shadow boxing and boxing, it's all the same. We all use the mirror because the mirror teaches form and technique. The mirror teaches form and technique. I will say touch your right leg, touch your right leg, touch your right leg. And by the way, I'm using Logi Capture. That is why I can touch my right leg and on camera, it looks like the right leg to you. Does that make sense? So I hope all of you that are doing any kind of virtual, you're using ManyCam and you're using something or, or Logi Capture. They're both the same. So touch your right leg, touch your right leg, touch your right leg, put your right leg back. Awesome. Put your hands up like this, like the crossing guard at school, and this says stop. Make sure your hands are up in front of your face, in front of your face, in front of your face. Awesome job. So once they know their sparring sense, then we put their hands behind their back. So when we do a cross punch, we say Kenpo Squat sparring stance and we'll have a dot on the floor like this so we'll say kenpo squat oh is your right foot on the dot sparring stance so now we're getting that forward movement which never happens they simply punch without moving their feet so we go kenpo squat sparring stance kenpo squat sparring stance and that's the language we use you can use whatever language you want the point being is when they throw a cross punch effectively do they not need to move both feet Absolutely, right? They need to move both feet when they execute that cross punch. Two, we'll physically have them just stand there and say, okay, put your hands up like a sparring stance, okay? Or, or we'll have the foot back. We'll say, I want you to throw that punch. Good. So you throw that punch. Good. Should I punch like this? No. They're punching straight to the mirror, punching straight to the mirror. And we'll break it down, make a fist, do this and do all that. But the big thing is once you teach the two moving parts, then you put it together. We go, Ken post squat. Sparring stance, Kenpo squat, sparring stance, Kenpo squat, sparring stance. Now, when I say one, you're going to say cross one. When I say two, cross two. And make sure your left hand is in front of your face because what's a tendency? To drop that hand down. So once they've drilled that a bunch of times, now, if you can imagine, we have these red dots down our floor. We have everybody turn this way. And they're practicing the cross punch, and the first three things they, they hit is a bag. We have wave masters lined up on the end, because the big thing for me is there's no downtime in a class. Everything must be taught efficiently, quickly, and effectively. No downtime. So, because these dots are already, you know, on the ground, and, and ours are small red dots. You know, I've shared that before. You can get these at uh, kidslovelifeskills.com. We have red dots. We have green dots. They're peel and stick, very high um, quality, so they last a long, long time. So these red dots are there. So when this kid's practicing his cross punch in the line, waiting for his turn to punch the bag, he's not going to punch this guy in the back. Doesn't that happen all the time? Not in our classes, not at all. So they go up to the bag, they punch it three times, right? And then they move back this way to the end of the line and they fall into position. And we do it in sequences of three because if this guy punches the bag 10 times, we'll never get through a line, right? Because we have what, 10 kids in line. So it's cross one, cross two, ayah! 
And so they go up to the bag and they do that and they move to the end of the line. Once they've made contact with the bag, what are the bags for? Anybody can tell me? Put it in the comments. What are bags for? Who can tell me that? Who can tell me what the bags are for? Power, obviously, right? We want to work on power. Power is a big one for me, and so that's important. Good, sounds clear. All right, awesome, awesome. So now when we stand on the red dots, what is the biggest challenge with sparring? Well, the biggest challenge with sparring is people are afraid to get what? Hit. I'm afraid to get hit. That is the number one fear that is associated with sparring. Nobody wants to get hit. So the first thing we do is we stand, and these red dots are spaced safely apart. I'm just trying to give myself enough room to stay on camera. So we'll say, all right, team A, team B, let's practice this cross punch. This is a non-contact drill, and there's enough room between these dots. When they throw this cross punch, they never touch each other. That's why the left foot is on the dot, the right foot is back. Non-contact drills. The left foot is in front, the right foot is back, or if we were doing the other side, right foot on the dot, step back with your foot. So they stand on the dot, this one, we say, okay, everybody, right foot back, non-contact drill. What does that mean? You're not going to touch each other. Do, you know, try to avoid words like hit. You are not going to hit each other. You're not going to choke out each other. You're not going to kick each other. Try to avoid that. This is a non-contact drill. Don't touch each other, okay? All right. So now, getting into this cross punch, here we are. Non-contact drill. What are we looking for? Knowledge, speed, power, and accuracy. So, who could do their cross punch with the best Kempo squat? One. Yeah. Who could do their cross punch with... Um, Punching straight. Oh, yeah. Who can do their, their cross punch with their left hand in front of their face? So you highlight and spotlight the different challenges of that technique, right? Because we know when the kids punch, they don't move the feet. When the kids punch, they don't go into a proper stance. When the kids punch, they drop their hands. So we're looking for all of those things. And, and we'll drill that. Punch straight. Punch with a Kempo squat. Punch with your left hand in front of your face. Punch fast. Punch strong. Okay, so once we've covered that, guess what? Now we're going to put right foot on the dot, left foot forward. Now they are toe to toe, toe to toe. And we'll say, okay, everybody facing the mirror, close your gloves and put them like this on your body. Face your, your, your partner, not your opponent, not your rival, not your arch enemy, your partner, right? And you hold your gloves like this on your body. Now it's this job side, they're going to say, when I call it out, because we want to control this, we'll say one, cross one. And they're making contact to those gloves. Two, cross two, three. Aya! And the reason we like the set of three is because in between that beat, we can make corrections. It's really awesome. Make sure you're doing it at 30%. Make sure you have your left hand in front of your face. Make sure you're punching straight into their gloves. That is your target. Okay? So once we've done this three times, we take turns back and forth right? And now the next level is, I remember, it's all about seeing success. You know, my instructor was really huge on that, seeing success. I want you to see success. Okay. Oh, one step I forgot to add in there, and I'll add that in in a minute. So after they did this cross punch, right, with, with the non-contact drill, the first thing we teach, which is, I got this from Chris Rapolt, is that it is very normal when you punch somebody or kick somebody for them to want to move away and not get hit at all, right? Very, very normal. So after we did this cross punch facing each other on the dot, the next thing we do after that is the first defense we teach them to do is to move back and front, back and front, back 
and front. So now they go back to this dot, non-contact drill, right? It's a non-contact drill. I'm on my dot here, the, the, my partner's over there. When I say one and he says cross one, I move back and I move forward. I move back and now I move forward. So we added this in, you know, studying crisp repulse retention-based sparring and because it's the most natural thing to do. I know we're thinking freaking crouching tiger, power rages, we want to get in their block and knock his head off. But the most common realistic reaction when somebody hits you or kicks at you is to move away. So we want to teach that right away. And we do. So now this guy throws the cross punch, I move it back, I move away. Throws a cross punch, I move back and I, uh, and I move forward. Okay, that part's important. Now, let me get this camera. Come on. Stay with me, Buckwheat. Okay. Almost, almost. Almost, almost. So then after we do that, we do it We do it this way now. Then we put our right, and now we're toe-to-toe. -to -toe. So when he throws a cross punch, I move back, and I move forward. He throws a cross punch, I move back, and I move forward. He throws a cross punch, I move back, and I move forward. We do that roughly a set of 10. Then it's their turn. And then they move back and forward. Now, now we practice the contact. So then we will do this one. They hit it, you know, we call it out. The big thing is we want to control it. That's super important. That's very important. But you, we also do reactive drills where we'll say, okay, now you're going to spar. Your job is to throw that cross punch. My job is to move back and forward. On your own, reactive drill is what we call it. So now we're in a sparring situation. Every time you throw the cross punch, I move back and forward. Every time you throw the cross punch, I move back, I move forward. You throw the cross punch, I move back and I move forward. Cool? So now we haven't even made any contact. So now we do this one, all right? I had my order a little mixed up. Okay, so now I'm gonna stand here like this and you're gonna punch my gloves 10 times with me calling it out. Then I get to punch you 10 times. Now the next level is the hands are this way because I want them to see where the target is. In this case, we're throwing this cross punch to the body. So same thing again, I'll stand like this stationary. We used to do a drill where we turned into them. And this is something you can do with the teens and adults. You know, if I turn slowly, you punch slowly. I turn fast, you punch fast. We don't do that with the younger kids. We want a stationary target so they, have, they can see success. You know, it's kind of like when I teach people using paddles, right? I think the thing about paddles, say we're doing an, an in block and I'm going like this you know, on that block, that isn't a bad day because they're like this, closing their eyes. If I'm practicing an in-block, I want to give them a stationary target for them to go to, for them to go to. And then eventually, yeah, when you do that inside block, I will come at you with the paddles. But the starting point is you want them to go right to the target. And if you put it right where they need to block, you have a perfect in-block instead of one way out here or way over here. Make sense? So back to this drill. So with this way here, left foot forward, right foot back. Right foot on, now we're toe to toe. I'm here and he does 10 punches right here to my body. Then I get to do 10. Again, it's controlled. We're not at reaction on this one. And the reason we don't want to do reaction on this one is because if I'm moving around like this, there's a good chance you're going to hit me hard in the chest. So we don't do a reaction drill on this one. Cool? Now, now they go back to facing the mirror as the group this way. And now we're going to do, you're going to throw your cross punch. My job is to step back and block. Step back and block. Step back and block. And we'll practice that a bunch of times. Then we go to here, non-contact drill. You throw the cross punch, I block. You throw the cross punch, I block. You throw the cross punch, I block. Guess what happens next after both sides took a turn with the non-contact drill? We stand toe-to-toe. -to -toe. So now when I call it out, step back and block, 
Ufor, and it's all against the cross punch. Again, controlled environment. Both sides took a turn. Then what happens? Anybody? Reactionary drill. We're going to bow, we're going to spar, and you're going to throw that cross punch, and my, my job is to block. My job is to block. I'm moving on. My job is to block. Every time you throw the cross punch, my job is to block. You got it? Good. See how we've worked up? We didn't start like, oh, white belt, first night, let's spar. Boom, hit him with a back kick. If he comes back tomorrow, he gets to hang with us. Doesn't work that way. So let's continue building on that. Now, in our system of Kenpo, you throw that cross punch, I'm going to block and throw a round kick to your body. I'm going to block and throw a round kick to your body. So what do we do again? It starts with facing the mirror, right? Mirrors for form and technique. Form and technique, I can see what I'm doing. Step back, block, throw the round kick to the body. Step back and block, throw the round kick to the body. Everybody turn this way because we're going to do a bag drill, right? You're doing this on your own, waiting to kick the bag. The instructor on that end, guess what they do? The instructor on this end is, here's, here's the wave master, let's say hypothetically. We're holding the pad like this. They step back, they push down the pad, they kick the bag. They step down, they push down the, the pad, and they kick the bag. So they're understanding that when that cross punch comes, I'm knocking the cross punch down. Make sense? And then... They face each other. Non-contact drill. I see your cross punch. I'm not freaked out. You're going to punch me in the face or the body. I step back. I block. I see your body and I throw the kick, right? See, the non-contact makes a huge, huge, huge sense. And you know where, uh, again, I think this was Chris Rapolt. He talked about football. You know how many non-contact drills football has? Plenty. They run plays where they don't touch each other because they want to take away the fear and really focus on you know, what's this technique all about? It works the same in the martial arts. If I know you can't hit me and I'm stepping back and seeing your cross punch at a distance and I'm throwing that kick, I'm stepping back, I'm throwing that kick. It's magic. It is magic. And then once they step toe to toe, 30%, 30%, we dictate the tempo. We call out, you know, we say one and they block that cross punch too. And they make contact to the body. Johnny, sir, that's 80%. Please throw it at 30%, sir. Throw it at 30%, sir. And then once they take turns, now reactionary drill. This side will throw the cross punch. This side defends, right? And I'm moving around. I'm blocking it and kicking. I'm moving around. I'm blocking it and kicking. Everybody with me? So see how we ramp up to that? And I think that's the big thing, whether you're teaching pumse, whether you're teaching an in-block, whether you're teaching a front kick, it makes no difference. We just have to deal with how old are they, what's their skill level, and I know what the end result will be, but it's how do we get them there? How do we get them there creating a great martial artist, creating great technique? Right, and once you're committed to that, I believe everything changes tremendously, tremendously, tremendously. And then ultimately, when they put it all together, they spar. But see how it all started? It all started with what? Face the mirror, right? So we can work on what? Form and technique. We started with what? Breaking down just the foundation. Because I understand without a great foundation, no technique is going to stand up, right? We say it all the time, like when they build a building, they build a foundation first. If it's a weak foundation, the building won't stand. Same thing here. And then once they have that, we've gone as far, people, as to kneel them down so we take the legs out of the mix and we're doing a cross punch. A cross punch. Is your left hand in front of your face, right? Are you closing your hand and punching? Are you, we've even gone as far as taking the stance out because it's distracting. And then we'll stand them up and put it together. So...
form and technique. Then they turn and face the bag, and what is the bag for? Power. The bag's for power. And then when they face each other, right, then they do it on each other. We don't have children holding pads. It's way time-consuming, and they already got gloves on, right? So fundamentally, if they put it on the body, and that's where you're going to end up hitting anyways. You know, when I learned that, this is how I learned that, I'm going to tell you. We were doing um, back fists, maybe, you know, and the kids are holding their hands out like this, and they're doing a back fist on the pad. So guess what happened when they actually started to spar? Guess where everybody was throwing the back fist? To the lead hand. They were all throwing the back fist to the lead hand. And that's when we realized that doesn't make any sense. So now, if we're going to do a contact drill for a back fist, we put our hand here, right here. And we let them tap that, right, against the big earpiece. We even do it with the hands down, and they get to touch that earpiece. So that was a huge difference for us. Plus, kids don't know how to hold pads really well, do they? They simply don't. They don't. And so the first time I taught that and we did this and they were doing the back fist on the lead hand and then they went to spar and they're all back fisting the lead hand. I'm like, ah, not a good day. So we, we've eliminated that. Plus, there's no downtime. We're huge advocates of very, very little downtime in our sparring classes or any class. So by simply having them putting their gloves here, putting their glove here, and they're making contact, a couple of things are happening. One, the kid is getting used to getting hit. We don't say that, but the kid is getting used to that. Two, I can see clearly where my target is. That is super important. And three, I'm not somebody cool like, you know, remember Floyd... Uh, Mayweather's uncle, man, when they did pad drills, pa, 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 it looks so cool. It looks so cool. You don't have that much luxury. You're not training for four or five hours in the gym for a fight. These kids are in there for 45 minutes of a sparring class once a week. So we eliminated people holding pads. Totally. So they're using their gloves as those pads. And they're not doing things like this as I shared. Cool? Questions. Put them in there. I, I know I'm moving really fast, but I love it. I love doing this. So, anybody got questions up to this point, put it in there. I'm, I'm taking a look online. I mean, as you can see, I am really, 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 really you know, passionate about curriculum development because curriculum is the main core product. And I hear that Apple, you know, that Apple philosophy, premium product, premium price, premium product, premium price. Now make no mistake in that equation. Are we saying sacrifice your martial arts? No, we're not. We're saying be innovative in the respect that you take something that was developed thousands and thousands of years ago and you're teaching it in an age-specific, skill-level-specific and a relevant way. Do I know some things don't work? I absolutely know that. I freaking know that in the martial arts. I do. We were doing some Kenpo technique where we went one, two, three, and it's fundamentally an up block. You're blocking the guy's uppercut and you're hitting him in the throat with the forearm. So I said, okay, everybody, you know, put your left foot back. All right, this guy throws an uppercut. You block that uppercut, boom, and you drive this into his throat. Block his uppercut, hit him in the throat, right? And then it had meaning. It had meaning, right? So actually what happened is we said, okay, we're going to do a, a, a boxing combo. He throws an uppercut and throws a hook at your face. Uppercut, hook. Uppercut, hook drive your forearm into his throat. Uppercut hook, drive the forearm into his Uppercut hook, uppercut hook, forearm into his I mean, there's so many variations of the theme of that. The point being, but yes, this sucks for self-defense. 
It does, but the art is the art. So to take it and turn it into something more meaningful where it actually has some type of application, everything changed. And we do that a lot in the teen and adult class because they look as art as art, but we really differentiate between the two. This is art. Here's how we take it into bunkai or practical application. You know, there was that one movie with Michael Joel White where he was in some gym doing a cod and they're laughing at him. Then he fought some MMA dude and a lot of the kata he did, you know, they were flashing from the kata to the actual fight, the kata to the actual fight. That was very inspirational because I love Kenpo and I love the kata. So I want to make sure, can I take any of this and bring it into reality? That for me is really, really important. We, we have a, a block where we're blocking like this and hitting the guys in the face from a horse stance. And everyone's, go, everyone's going, what the heck is that stuff? I said, well, let's take it here. If I bop you in the nose, right? If I hit you straight away, boom, right in the face with that. And then it took on a different life. But it meant changing it from that tradition to pow, right? It changed. So I want to be mindful of that too, is that if you value your art, it's not that you have to completely abandon it because it's not total self-defense. It's a matter of picking and choosing really awesome techniques within that form, right? You stripe out on the form, but we take, you know, individual techniques and isolate them and have fun with them. Are you with me? Cool. All right, let me take a deep breath here and see who else is hanging. Who else is here today? And this stuff is important. You know, I, everybody in wisdom right now, we're working on the curriculum. And did I meet a lot of resistance? I did. I did because I know we love our art. We love our art. And that's why I ask people to come on the show and show me their stuff. How few all of a sudden it was crickets in the night. You guys bark all day long how great your art is, but you're not willing to expose it and, and bring it out because you believe you teach it great. I get that. You believe, how can this guy who teaches Kenpo, who doesn't know my art, be able to teach me to teach it better? That is why you suffer. That is why our whole industry suffers. Because you don't believe that somebody innovative out there can teach you to teach what you do a little better. But if I'm committed to the why, whatever your why is, be successful, engage your success. Ours is live your best life. You know, then my focus is to teach it better. I was working with one of my clients, Liam Richard. Uh, at Excel Martial Arts in the UK last night at 11 p.m. And we have that discussion. We work on curriculum all day, all day, because he understands that the core product is the curriculum that we teach. Cool? It's the curriculum that we teach. All right, so let me take a quick break here, plug a couple of wonderful things. So as I shared, you know, at, at the event coming up, we will cover um, curriculum. I'm big on curriculum development. I'm big on, on staff training. I'm big on creating the Disney experience. And our special guest will be Samon. I'm big on creating financial wealth too. I love martial arts. I can't do martial arts, practice, train, teach unless I make enough money, right? So to create that type of passive income that you can with investing mindfully, the money that you make in your business is phenomenal. I like being able to have the freedom to do what I want, when I want, because the financial freedom that accompanies it allows me that vehicle to do just that. Cool? So scan this QR code. We only have 11 spots left. Get signed up for It's Time Live Believe, August 13th through 16th, right here in uh, Millbury, California, five minutes from the airport. This time we're doing it during the summer, which is going to be really great. It allows us more outdoor activities, and that's what I'm really striving for. You know, to be stuck in a sterile environment all the time when you cultivate 
uh, content or you're creating systems or you're writing job positions, those different things in your business, sometimes a shift in environment is phenomenal. And I'm big on nature because if you can ground yourself to the earth, you are more balanced and you make better decisions. Cool, cool, cool. Our group is growing rapidly. The disruptor group is really, really growing. And, and I'm grateful to say that. It is a group of disruptors. You know, the only time I'll frown upon people is if they come in there and simply sell, 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 sell without offering us any value, without offering disruptive behavior, without sharing a new innovative idea they're doing in their business. That doesn't cut it. So you want to be part of the disruptors, invite lots of people. If all you do is post sales stuff, man, I'm going to kick you right out. But if you give us content, 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 innovative, disruptive methods 10 times, and then you offer something to sell, I back you up all day long, all day, all day. So what do I have coming up? Brandon Belisso, I'm going to be at the 2022 Kukiwan Taekwondo Expo at the Hyatt Regency out in uh, Virginia. It's going to be super, super cool. It's being produced by Cookie One. And this one event is with my studio. I'm going to sit on a panel with a lot of really smart business owners, and we're going to cut it up. It's the first of its kind. Cookie One has never done this, and they're actually doing it for us. That's July 3rd and 4th, I believe. Then in August, August 4th and 5th, I'll be back out that way uh, for the Warriors Mindset with Bam Johnson and his wife, Kimber, another wonderful, wonderful event where we're going to work on entrepreneurship for kids. It's going to be very cool. So my speakings are starting to pick up. And as you know, everybody knows I booked Meta. So I'm going to be on the Facebook campus, now known as Meta, working with a team event out there on leadership. So what I love about the life skills that I teach and I've cultivated over all these years is they're transferable. In the tech world, in the corporate world, in the backyard, at home, on a little league field. That's the beautiful thing about life skills education. But make no mistake, it's really for me as a human being to impact the world and help people live their best life. Cool? All right. So if anyone else has questions, go ahead and pop them in there before I wrap this thing up. So let me thank my sponsors. Oh. Camera, 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 are you with me? Camera. Wow. See, that's, that's probably the powers that be, Marco, saying, Brandon, you're done for the day. So, my studio, Kids Love Life Skills, LC Accounting, and Market Muscles, as always, thank you so, so much for uh, sponsoring my show and my events. You back me up. You allow me to do what I do. And for that, I'm extremely grateful. So, too late. Uh, everybody at Kids Love Life Skills, my sister at LC Accounting, and of course, Stephen Reinstein and, th and the gang at Market Muscles. You're all gifts to me. And if you're not using their products, you need to, right? Reach out, get a demo, reach out, have us send you some samples of support materials and badges. Reach out to LC Accounting. She'll do an assessment for you. I believe that's what you do, right, Tish? Is that, is that, is that what you're doing now? So scope that as, out as well. Cool. Who am I missing? Herman. What's up, Herman? I missed you there, buddy. All right. Coo, coo, coo. <sighs> it's been a great day today, you know. With everything going on in the world, uh, I just want to share with people that it's really important, I think at a heart level, that we continue to have hope. We continue to, on a micro level, step onto our mats each and every day and 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 we teach with that sense of hope 
We have to have, especially with the children, to give them hope, to give them a reason to believe with a kind word, by uplifting and growing their confidence, by having them earn a new tip, earn a new badge, and feel like they can still goal set and there will be a tomorrow for them. I think that's super important. That's super important as we, as servants of the community, are in such a unique position to do that. And I hope you continue to do that each and every day. Cool, cool, cool. So, hey, folks, I am Brandon Beliso. This is Success Never Sleeps. I thank everybody so, so much for being here today. Next week, we're going to have the 400 Club. I'm going to bring on four school owners I've worked with that started out with a couple hundred students that I helped grow their school to 400 students and beyond, and they're going to cut it up. So bring your questions. You can ask them how they got there and how we were able to do that collectively. Cool, cool, cool. All right. Hey, I'm Brandon Beliso. This is Success Never Sleeps. Until we talk again, what are you going to go out there and do? Live your best life.